Hey Alexa, play the Bright Guy podcast. Now playing the Bright Guy podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Bright Guy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. It is much appreciated. I am your host, Grant Bright. I am a youth minister in the Archdiocese of Chicago at a parish called St. Mary of the Annunciation. I've been there for about a year and a half after graduating in the spring of 2017 with my undergraduate in theology and catechetics. Now, the reason and goal for this podcast is to engage fellow youth ministers in how to evangelize their teens. Um, I do not have all the answers by any means, but I want to start the conversation. I want to have youth ministers from around the United States just come together and talk about the cultural and world problems that teens are facing. I'm sure we'll go over multiple topics through many episodes. Hopefully, we will have lots of other youth ministers and special guests in the field of youth ministry uh, join us. Um, today specifically, I want to talk about teens and media, um, social media, the internet, and also gaming. Since the goal of this podcast is to foster more engagement and conversation, I'm really going to try to stay away from statistics most of the time. I might throw one out here or there just to get the point started, um, but I don't want to necessarily focus on that all the time. So I want you to think about when you got your first cell phone. Now, I'm only 24 years old, so I'm closer to the teens in age than probably most youth ministers on average in the United States. I got my first cell phone when I was 14. I was in eighth grade. A lot of youth ministers probably didn't even get their cell phone while still in middle or high school. But that being said, according to AT&T, Kids now receive their first cell phone at an average age of 12.1 years old. At first, that statistic kind of blew my mind. But after I thought about it a little more, I realized that even toddlers are introduced to technology at such an early age, playing on their parents' iPads um, and watching TV. It's just such a prominent thing in their lives that it makes sense that they're getting cell phones at such an early age. As we go on from 12 years old, we look at teens and their phones. And I'm going to throw out a couple statistics by the Pew Research. Uh, they found that 88% of teens ages 13 to 17 have access to a cell phone. Now, with teens as well, 91% of ages 13 to 17 have access to internet via cell phone, tablet, or any other mobile device. If you are in tune to the culture of teens today, those stats may be pretty obvious. But it does confirm the fact that teens are connected. Most teens, when they have access to the internet, have access to everything in the world. Which is really a scary thing. Someone actually brought that to my attention 
um, I believe it was at a seminar in the fall, about how much access teens really do have to everything that's on the internet. Good, bad, and ugly. They can get to it. Now, just because teens can get to everything in the world through the internet doesn't mean they do. Most teens are connected through social media. That's why they use the internet. That's why they're on their phones all the time. There's been this term that's been created called chasing likes. And I find it kind of funny because that's literally one of the only reasons that they're on social media is to get affirmations from other people through either a heart through Instagram or a like on Facebook or a retweet on Twitter. That's why these teens are on social media. Now, according to Jean Twenge in her book called iGen, she did a study that dates back to 2009 about the social media usage for teens. Now, back in 2009, it was just about half for seniors in high school, so just right under 50%. Now, we go to the year 2015, and that number is up near 80-85% of teens that use social media daily. Now, this usage of social media daily has been seen as both a positive and negative thing. Now, we're going to go through how media has affected teens. Mainly, it has affected their relationships and how they foster them not only with their peers, but with their parents as well. Because teens are connected through these channels of social media, they have much less face-to-face time with their peers. It's even crazy. Sometimes at youth group, teens will be sitting in the same room as one another, and they will talk to each other through Snapchat instead of talking face-to-face with literally the person right next to them. It's a weird thing that I fully don't understand, but since it's not disrupting anything, I don't mind it. I don't care really how they're talking to each other as long as they participate in our activities when we do them. Another reason teens truly like social media and the internet is because they can be who they want to be instead of who they actually are. I have found this very common as um, it relates to bullying actually that it's much easier for teens to talk tough and act like the big scary person when they're hiding behind a profile picture, when they aren't face-to-face because truly, I believe a lot of these teens, they know how hurtful these words are face-to-face. That's why they can't do it there. They have to go through Snapchat or Instagram. And it's crazy how indirect bullying can be too where if you have a group picture on Instagram and one or two people don't get tagged, that's considered a form of bullying, where they aren't included in the group, they aren't respected in the group. And it's wild to even think about that, but it's something that, as youth ministers, we must realize. With these relationships through social media as well, I believe Chap Clark says it really well in his book, Adoptive Youth Ministry where he states that it is not the technology itself that is most captivating for teens. It's the access that tech gives to them, to their friends. This is how teens get friends. 
This is how they connect with one another. It's no longer necessarily clubs and sports teams. Yes, those exist, but even in those certain groups, you're going to find that click. You're going to find that group of four or five teens, whether that be male or female, that have that connection, that have that Snapchat group, that will travel as a pack. And that leads to the bigger point of that's how teens get information. They use these platforms of social media to talk to one another instead of actually texting now. So if you're a teen and you're not in the social media realm, you are essentially being left out of pretty much everything that's going on outside of the school day. Whether that be clubs, sports, hanging out on weekends, you have to be engaged in social media in order for you to be accepted by the high school crowd. And truthfully, that's all any person wants is to be accepted. Now, there comes a time and a fine line when the teens become dependent on social media and especially their phones. Now, for example, during the mission trip that we go on each year, I recommend on the way down there that teens aren't glued to their phones, that at each night program that they leave them in their room. And especially from some of the girls, I receive death glares. Like I'm taking away their ability to eat and drink. They become so dependent on having that phone in their hands and being connected with everybody they know that they feel like they literally cannot live without it. And this leads to the point of where they rebel. And obviously, I do not have any kids. I'm only 24. But I can only imagine being a parent and trying to control your teen's media intake and literally have them fight with you and rebel against you all because of electronics. I seriously cannot even imagine how hard that must be for parents now. I know I brought up parents, and I am planning on talking about that on a future episode on how youth ministers can prop properly engage parents. But for now, let's stick to media. And a lot of this first episode, unfortunately, has been kind of doom and gloom and how the bad aspects of social media are out there and kids are addicted to it and they use it in the wrong sense. But... Now is the question for youth ministers, how can we evangelize with media? We can't ignore it. It's literally the probably first and last thing our teens focus on each day. So how do we use it? First, we have to know them. We have to know their culture. We have to know their interests. And through that, we have to show them a form of respect. We don't have to approve, because obviously we don't want to approve anything that's evil or bad or derogatory, but we need to show them that we respect them and that they can live their lives, but kind of gear them towards Jesus. And that's where we can use media to our advantage. We need to find the good things in their culture, and we need to push it hard. If we can find a good aspect of their culture, which I know there are many, many good aspects out there in media, then we can connect with them on a level that they understand. 
Yes, they know that there is a God. They know who Jesus is. They know his story. They know that with their knowledge, but do they know it in their heart? And one of the ways that we can get to that is using the media that they're in tune to every single day. Again, we need to use the media. It would really be unproductive as a youth minister to not connect with your teens on social media. That is the way that they work in the world, so why don't we connect with them through it? And I know there are a lot of boundaries and rules that we have to abide by, which are all good, but that shouldn't limit our use of social media with teens. For example, I have youth ministry accounts on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter, and I recently found out in the past year that a lot of teens actually still use email. So yes, it might be more taxing for me as a youth minister to upload something on every single one of these platforms, but if that's how I'm going to reach my teens, that's what I should be doing. I shouldn't be thinking, oh, I'm only going to post it in the bulletin. That's it. Um, Newsflash, teens don't read the bulletin. Yes, it's good to have information in there for their parents, but if you want to put something engaging out there like a cool picture or graphic, you have to do that through the platforms that they use themselves. When I teach a lesson, whether that be to 7th and 8th grade confirmation prep or to our high school teens, I use a lot of movie references. And yes, most movies that are popular don't have the best morals or judgment, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily can't use that movie. You can still find a good clip from maybe a not-so-good movie and use it as a tool for evangelization because that will honestly really connect with the teens. For example, when I teach about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I go through different relationships in Disney movies. I go through... Uh, romantic relationships, and then I go through friendships, and then I go through family relationships, and I ask them what is unique about each, and what they enjoy about each, and how then how does this relate to Jesus? And they all kind of like look puzzled at first, and then they connect the dots and are like, oh my gosh, I can truly have that relationship with Jesus that I have with my best friend, that I have with my mom, that I have with my aunt. They realize that Jesus is a real person, and yes, it may be hard to connect with him because he's not physically with us like a family member or friend, but that's what we do the rest of the time we're there. They connect with Jesus on that spiritual level, whether that be through uh, personal prayer or adoration or praise and worship. They find that ability to connect with Jesus, and guess what? It all started with a movie reference, a media source that they have seen. The media in our world can be a very scary thing. But it is everywhere, and we as youth ministers need to take advantage of it in order to connect our teens where they're at. Going forward, I am very excited to hopefully continue this podcast with many more episodes. If you would like to 
leave a comment of how you evangelize teens through media in the section below. That'd be fantastic, and I would love to start a dialogue with youth ministers throughout the country. Again, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Bright Guy Podcast.